0: here we go it's another big week in the nfl for the buffalo bills this is the bills wire podcast powered by usa today sports now here's your host ryan o'leary and bills wire editor nick woten
1: Hello, welcome into the program. Nick, hopefully you're refreshed, coming off a nice long weekend, right? You you went out of town a little bit, ready to get back into our normal regular season flow here?
2: Yes, yes, Ryan, out of town. Did not run into Ryan Fitzpatrick in D.C., unfortunately. Well, that is but- unfortunate. But still still had a good time. Still had a good time. Got, got to uh, escape, escape from the phone for a little bit. My uh, Apple, uh, whatever, iOS was like, hey, you're on your phone like 35% less last week. And I was like, you're <laughs> right, because I didn't pick it up for like three days. That's always but, a good uh, thing. Now let's get right back into the deep end with the Steelers. So here we are.
1: We're here. We're here. We, get, we got an opponent to talk about. The preseason has been fun, but uh, I'm here for this kind of matchup piece. But I have something kind of fun to get us into the show because I just feel like ranting about this because I was, I'm scrolling on Twitter like I do probably way too much. Um, my, my screen time stats on my phone not good, Nick. I'm always scrolling through Twitter on my phone. So uh, I come across a tweet by ESPN's First Take account. It was Stephen A. Smith's top five Super Bowl contenders. I know you saw this. Stephen A. Smith's top five Super Bowl contenders: Bucks, Chiefs, Packers, Rams, Patriots. So Patriots. Huh? What? No. So, uh, OK, so Sports Illustrated also threw a little bit of shade at the Bills, I think, calling them NFL's fifth best team entering the season. So this is where I want to start. I, I want to do a little rant because I-, I know people who listen to the podcast know that I'm, I'm a Patriots honk that does a Bills podcast with you, Nick. Right. So that's one of my yes. flaw- that's one of my flaws, I think, to Bills Mafia <laughs> that I am a Patriots honk. Uh, but even I got upset at this tweet because the idea that the Patriots are a bigger Super Bowl contender than the Bills is absolutely asinine and just it has no basis in reality right I mean maybe down the line we could talk about the Bills and their Super Bowl chances and maybe in November we'll have a different opinion of them but entering week one to say the Patriots are ahead of the Bills is ridiculous. But, but people aren't really sleeping on the Bills like this, are they? We're not doing this thing again where they're still the underdog. Like, I, I thought it was them and the Chiefs of the AFC, and that's it. Are we really doing this thing?
2: Yeah, there's no way the Bills are the underdog anymore. They, I don't know what Stephen is talking about. We know he has to get his hot takes out there and uh, whatnot. But I did see that segment. Uh, I saw where he picked them. Uh, them being the Patriots as the AFC East champion this year, and That's I, gross. Just, you know, I, I had a nice, I, I had a nice eye roll, and it's what it really reminds me of. And I'm one that always says throughout this offseason, I said, you know, the Patriots are going to be better. These teams in the AFC East, a couple of them are probably going to be better. I mean, well, the Jets really only could go up. So the Patriots are also getting a bunch of opt outs back. The Dolphins are the one I'm a little like, I don't know, okay, well, either way. But the Patriots in recent weeks have reminded me of. The Cardinals last year when they beat the Bills, and all of a sudden Kyler Murray was an MVP candidate <laughs> when he tossed a ball up in the end zone, and by a miracle stroke of luck, DeAndre Hopkins came down with the ball. And now it's like the combination of the Patriots being the Patriots—they're a top team in, in the NFL that's known for their success—combined with them now going with like a rookie quarterback, and it's like it's like this new topic with them and. And look at this. We got to look at the Patriots now. And it's kind of like, look at Kyler Murray. Look at the Cardinals now. And I'm just like, what am I? What am I hearing right now? All I did was name a rookie. They're starting quarterback. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Stephen A. Says they're going to win the AFC East. Okay. Well, all you, right.
1: Andrew Brees, you say Mac Jones is the most NFL ready quarterback out of the rookie class. It's like, wait a minute now. So Mac Jones has passed Trevor Lawrence already. Already. We haven't played yet. It's like, I'm not doing this thing all year. I'm not doing it, Nick. I'm not going to let them get my hopes. I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm not going to sit here and let people talk up the team. I'm not going to believe it and go into the season and watch them suck again and watch the rookie quarterback struggle. And by the way, we have a rookie field goal kicker for the Patriots too who could suck, yes. could, who could absolutely blow. So no, no, no. The Patriots are not better than the Bills. And ne- neither are the Packers. The Packers? Like, Nick, you actually have to win the NFC Championship game. I'm looking at you, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. You've got to win the NFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to give the Packers any love. They've been there. It seems like they're there every year. The Rams. The Rams, right? So Matthew yeah. Stafford all of a sudden is the same you, you add Matthew Stafford to your team, and all of a sudden all your problems are fixed. Matthew Stafford, give me a break. Uh, it's the Bucks and the Chiefs and the Bills. Those are your top three. And I still think the Bills, we talked about on the pod, at plus 1,000. Is a fine little bet right now to make. Uh, bet it now while they quote unquote underdogs. I, I just those are the top three, and I'm not listening to anybody else who wants to tell me otherwise. That's where we're at.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Uh, man, I, I can I can like maybe level with Drew a little bit. Okay, if he thinks Mac Jones is the most pro ready. Okay, that's not saying that they're gonna be a top five Super Bowl team. I mean, oh boy. I mean, it's a, a rookie quarterback. Like, let the kid go out there and and play and. Stop posting the photo of him with his shirt off in the locker room with, a oh, stove oh, the, in. C- with
1: the cigar. Yes. Yeah. That thing. Been I, I
2: mean, I mean, my goodness. I mean, if you guys want to see a real one, I'll post the exact same photo. It looks it, like even it looks even worse to the same. It's in the same ballpark. Leave that man alone. At least he can throw a football. I can't throw a football, you know, but. So they're never going to put my photo out there like that. But, you know, we could use,
1: use, <laughs> use some new art for our podcast. Maybe we could do that thing. We make you, <laughs> yeah. Make you into a caricature or something with the, with the yeah, I'll see what, shirt.
2: Yeah, I'll, see, I'll see what Coley can do. Our, uh, our excellent graphics guy. What do you think he can do, that. do, you can do yeah. with that? I like that. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, Stephen is a little out of line and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, you know what it is, Ryan, it's probably now that we're getting a real football, we're going to get into real football probably as soon as I'm done talking, um, It's the end of hot take season, you know, it's the off season. It's finally over and he had to get that one little extra hot take out there before we actually have some proof in the pudding. Yeah, you know, and I just kudos to Stephen A. He got, he got Max Cullerman off his show. He did. uh, Now now he's doing the Patriots dance.
1: (laughs) Unbelievable. No, I'm just not doing the Bills underdog thing. I just don't, don't do it to me, please. I know Bills Mafia would love to have that in their back pocket. No, 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 no. no. The Bills are a favorite. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And the Patriots are not winning the AFC freaking East. Um, Um, So now, so before we dive into this matchup, Nick, your top takeaway from the, you know, the Bills final 53 entering week one, not a ton of surprises, as we said last week, but I guess there's still a lingering question along the offensive line, right? John Feliciano, Cody Ford and Ike Bodiger all competing for two guard spots now. Uh, Feliciano, I've always felt like, like he was kind of a lock, right? After they gave him the contract. like I felt like he was a lock. Reportedly, he came in a little leaner, too. So I, I would be surprised if Feliciano doesn't get one of those spots. And Cody Ford, as you tell me, the, the team will do anything they can to get Cody Ford in the lineup, right? If he's healthy, he's in the lineup. So it feels like Bodiger... Would be the odd man out, right? But what do you think about that? Is that is that the big storyline going into Week One for the Bills as far as their fifty three? Like who's starting at the two guard spots?
2: Yeah, that's pretty much verbatim what I would probably say there, Ryan. Is is Feliciano is probably locked in there, and I think McDermott's uh, Sean McDermott's playing a little gamesmanship like he does all the time. <laughs> I mean, he's, Your favorite. He, you know, you know him. It's the, it's his, the season. Stephen A's hot take season comes out, and Sean McDermott's just you know. Word craftsmanship comes yeah. in. Yeah, he's not uh, telling season. us. He's not
1: telling us who's playing guard, Dick. You know that's, that's yeah, yeah. classic McDermott. It,
2: it, classic McDermott. But I mean, it, it, to uh, his, I don't want to say McDermott's point because he's not coming out here and saying our guard play is bad. But the Bills ha- haven't had the best interior offensive line in the league in in recent memory. It's this stems back almost to McDermott's first and second year where they just had the most abysmal offensive lines for, at one point in time a couple of years back that when the Bills finally got about an average upgrade as to what they probably have right now. I think the Bills have an average offensive line in two different senses. In the middle as compared to the tackle position, the middle is not as good as compared to Deion Dawkins and Darrell Williams as a tackle spot. They're great. In the middle they do leave something to be desired, and we can throw center Mitch Morse in there. He's a big lightning rod um, for attention because he makes a pretty pretty penny uh, for, for the performances that he sometimes puts out there. And then on top of that, the Bills just kind of as a full starting five are better as pass protectors than they are as run blockers, which is why a lot of people, they're getting on the running backs the Bills need to you know, we, – we've talked here at a nauseating amount at one point in time in April about Travis Etienne, which of course now he's out for the year and got drafted by the Jaguars anyways – But as pass protectors, they're so much better, and at the outside of the offensive line, they're so much better, as opposed to the interior offensive line and the run blocking, which, I don't know, it's weird in a sense because if you talk to any offensive lineman, they always kind of say the run blocking area is is the easier part of the job because they're almost dictating the position more. You know, you think of an offensive lineman run play, they're going forward. Passing play, they're going backwards. So it's kind of like, what's the other guy going to do? But for some reason, the Bills, and I think, of course, Josh Allen's mobility plays a part there. But, yeah, they just have always had these two different dynamics in two different ways for the past maybe two years where I think they definitely could maybe at some point upgrade. Maybe next year we're looking in the draft. And even, even this past year, they did take a couple swings on a few guys. They did get Spencer Brown in the third round, but he seems like he's going to be a tackle going forward. But then Tommy Doyle and Jack Anderson, some mid- to late-round rookies, they're going to be maybe developmental pieces who – could be on the interior of the offensive line. So to McDermott's point, not to get too far sidetracked here, they could use an upgrade at the middle. So I can see why he kind of wants to motivate his own players to like, you got to work for this until the very last second. You know what I mean? But I mean, Feliciano, he's like the heart and soul of the offensive line. Um, Everyone knows that who, who, who's a, who's a Bill's fan. And, you, you, you took the words out of my mouth they want Cody Ford out there <laughs> well,
1: they you, want Cody you told me a nause Nick, so that's why
2: more than anything in the world they want Cody Ford to work out <laughs> so just you know and I don't want to beat up with the guy because he, he did struggle with injuries too much and, and whatnot Ryan during his two years in the career but that's just caused him to be so inconsistent. All right.
1: Well, here's Corey Bonini. He's going to tell us, Nick, who uh, to start in our fantasy lineups. We'll take all the help we can get. So our sports minute is here coming up. And then Nick and I will be back to talk about Bill's Steelers. Stick with us.
2: Fantasy football is about
0: proving that you are better than your friends sit up, start up. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This
3: game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Fantasy football is finally back. And so am I. Corey Bonini here of TheHuddle.com, returning to give you strong plays each week. Let's jump right into it. Week number one, strong plays. Quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Jacksonville Jaguars at Houston Texans. The Texans have a new regime in place. They lack talent on the back end, and it's unclear what kind of pass rush they'll have without J.J. Watt. This defense gave up 30 passing touchdowns to quarterbacks last year and picked off only three balls. That is ridiculous. Lawrence makes his debut. He has ample targets, and they're finally returning to health at the right time. The backfield is strong, which will keep the pass defense in check. The offensive line is quality, and Jacksonville will probably look to set the tone and let their rookie quarterback come out slinging. San Francisco running backs at Detroit. Another team with a new coaching staff. That's usually what happens when you give up the fifth most rushing yards and the most receiving yards to the position the previous year. No team gave up offensive touchdowns to running backs at a higher rate relative to the touches than this defense. It may be better, but it will take some time to turn around such a mess. San Francisco has injuries at wide receiver. They also have an excellent duo in Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon in the backfield. Look for the offense to ground and pound all day long. Let's make it three in a row of teams that have poor defenses and new coaching staffs in 2021. The Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith takes on the Atlanta Falcons. The secondary is a soft spot for Atlanta. The coaching staff turnover will improve this defense in time, but it's fair to expect it will take a while. The 2020 version gave up the most yards and third most receptions to wide receivers. Philadelphia's rookie new number one wide receiver Smith has a lot to prove and he is healthy. He's a wide receiver three with plenty of upside in most fantasy formats. If you're really looking to make a gamble in fantasy this week, Kyle Rudolph tight end New York Giants versus the Denver Broncos. A quote from Rudolph says, whatever's needed of me, I'm ready to go. He started practicing August 25th after offseason foot surgery and he has steadily improved according to local reports. Tight end Evan Ingram has an injury of his own and he may not be ready. Wide receiver Kenny Galladay is still iffy. Running back Saquon Barkley is expected to play, but he probably will have a limited workload. Rudolph faces a defense that has improved at cornerback and still has a pretty healthy pass rush suggesting quarterback Daniel Jones could be forced into a lot of short area passing. That's a space Barkley tends to occupy. This one is absolutely risky, so understand what you're getting into. But there's upside here by way of circumstance for the former Viking. 2021 marks 25 years online for thehuddle.com. Be sure to check out the site, and we will show you why we've made champions.
1: All right, Nick, let's dive into some of these matchups. Bills Steelers, great little, great little game to kick off the season. And one of these things I wanted to get your take on is the Bills' front seven, which we've been talking about a lot on the podcast throughout the spring. Obviously, they've been wanting to address the edge, brought back Milano, all of that. I also think the Steelers' offensive line, when we're looking specifically at this game, is vulnerable, to say the least. The Steelers, first of all, they could not run the football last year. And because of that, they had a lot of turnover on their offense. They did draft Najee Harris. uh, But on the offensive line, four new starters – Two of those are rookies. Their left tackle and their center are both rookies. And the left tackle was drafted in the fourth round. So we know Roethlisberger can chuck it around. uh, But we also know, Nick, that he can't move. And the Steelers have a lot to prove in the run game. I'm not convinced that their offensive line can hold up. This should be a game if the Bills were very, you know, the Bills were intent on fixing that pass rush, you know, really bolstering that front seven. This should be a game where they should be able to exploit that offensive line and get after Big Ben and have a good day on defense. No,
2: no, that's true. That's true, Ryan, that, that revamped defensive line of the Bills is, Going to be tossed. I don't want to say into the deep end because it's like you, you alluded to there. It's it's not the most daunting offensive line the Bills are going to be facing. There's no Quentin Nelson lining up on the other side across from the Bills this week. Sure. But it, it's it's certainly an opportunity, if you will, for the, for this pass rush and this defensive line to show that it's a little bit different than uh, at least last year. Uh, you, you you might have um, unfortunately. We're going to see if Star Latulia is going to be out there this week. He, he's kind of been a, a key piece in the middle of the Bills defensive line because last year he was the Bills' lone player returning that opted out. So did E.J. Gaines, but he was later cut. So Latulia is the only player returning that opted out. and He's kind of been that piece where – so he's been on the Bills for a couple of seasons, right? And everyone's kind of said, well, this guy doesn't get in the stack shoe. What does he do? And everyone always reassured us that – by everyone I mean Sean McDermott you know at the time Lorenzo Alexander they would always say no this guy eats up blockers he does his job he's unselfish and then kind of after the Bills run defense wasn't good last year they're like okay maybe maybe they were right maybe they weren't lying yep. to us and, yep. and you know and I was never really want to beat up on latulier because that's just kind of the nature of the beef they're 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 not the sexiest position, defensive lineman, especially defensive tackles. I mean, in the edge, at least, you know, they get in the backfield. Everyone knows who Bruce Smith is if you're a football fan, of course. But, um, yeah, starletulier he might not get out there. So I'm still a little, like, I guess the word would be unsettled here. Like, what's going to happen? The, the Steelers invested a top overall pick in Najee Harris, a running back, a guy that Bills fans are a little familiar with. As I mentioned at the top last segment, that Travis Etienne was the guy we were kind of talking about a little bit more, but – Najee Harris was on Bills fans' radar a little bit there and uh, uh, around April. So no doubt. If, if, if he's coming up the middle there and he's a bigger, faster, stronger back and the Bills don't have Starla Tuley in the middle, I'm going to feel probably good about the pass rush, as, as you mentioned there, Ryan. But against the run, uh, let's see. Let's see Cause if this could be a little bit of a decent formula for the Steelers to maybe take some pressure off of Big Ben finally because it just seemed like it hit a certain point last year where everyone was like, wait, this guy can't throw the ball down the field. Why are we backing up against everyone?
0: Exactly. So exactly.
2: Just, so they, they need to get Najee Harris going. And the Bills, you know, hopefully they're better. Hopefully they're better against the run. It's not just all starts with Juliet, but he'll definitely play a part.
1: For a Steelers team that could not run it last year, they couldn't. They were one of the worst rushing teams in the league. If they come out here and gash the Bills on the ground, that would be a bad sign, right? Um, is that your number one concern with the Steelers in this matchup, Nick? What, what? When you look at this game, what concerns you the most? Like, what could be the downfall for the Bills? I mean, they're heavily favored. They're at home. They should win this ball game. But it's always close against the Steelers, right? The Steelers are not an easy opponent by any means. I think they're kind of underrated going into this year. You know, so uh, what concerns you the most about this team in this matchup? It's,
2: it's definitely a mix between that if Latulia can't get out there. But I think another big one is maybe T.J. Watt going against Deion Dawkins yes. uh, last year. T.J. Watt went against uh, Daryl Williams on the right side quite a bit because if you're comparing Deion Dawkins, your franchise left tackle, against kind of a guy who's just revamping his career as of 2020, and Daryl Williams, you know, he had a tough go in Carolina. They couldn't get rid of him quick enough there. He comes with the Bills, and good for him. He kind of revitalizes his entire career, and now he got an extension, and hopefully the Bills, as I said before, at, at the tackle position are set up pretty well. But Deion Dawkins has said kind of a – a nauseating fashion the last few weeks of like, Hey, you know, I had a really bad battle against COVID. I, I haven't felt, he said that he was, he was out there huffing and puffing after one series and his preseason debut a few weeks ago. So now it's like, well, you know, is he going to be up, up to spat? Uh, uh, is he going to be ready for TJ Watt, the NFL's leading sack artist? from last season i i would expect that tj watt's going to be moved all around assuming, assuming he's out there of course he kind of ended his semi holdout this yeah, week his,
1: his hold he, in right he was holding yeah, in with the team and he hasn't really done much he hasn't done anything with the team just individual drills so you got to wonder how ready tj watt is and how much tomlin's going to let him play but i'm not buying it you know, mike tomlin give me a break uh, tj watt's going to be out there there's no doubt. Yeah, he's going
2: to be out there, and I'm expecting him to be going against Deion Dawkins quite a bit, unless unless he can't get by Deion Dawkins in the first half or something, that they're going to move him around. But especially later on in the game, once once Dawkins' endurance is, is getting tested, um, and that's not to say anything negative against Dion. I've written a bunch of times that he's definitely overlooked overlook him and Matt Milano, I think, are the two most overlooked Bills players in terms of national attention. They're both very good players, but, you know, don't get the Pro Bowl nods or anything like that. But, I mean, COVID serious. Covid COVID had Dion in the hospital for a few days, so is he gonna be ready to face the, you know, best pass rusher from last year. So it's gonna be that's gonna definitely definitely get me a little bit of a little bit of concern early on. I'm, I'm gonna be watching that edge of the uh Steelers defensive line. I think he's number ninety, correct? I'll be looking for number ninety early and often against the Bills because as much as Josh Allen can run around, uh, so can TJ Watt.
1: Yeah, no. you know, yeah, and that's a good one. I like that. And, <laughs> and Josh Allen, like he, is, he will run around, but sometimes he'll run backwards and take like a 19-yard sack. So exactly, yeah, sometimes that point. can happen and screw things up is one of my biggest pet peeves with Josh. Just don't take the 12-yard sack, Josh, please. Uh, but, yeah, so good stuff there. Our friends from the Sportsbook Wire are going to give you their pick of the week. And uh, then Nick and I, we're going to return to go over the spread and the total and say what side we're on. So that'll be fun. We'll do that coming up next.
0: It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from
3: USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, joined by my colleague Jeff Clark. Monday Night Football of Week 1 features the Baltimore Ravens visiting the Las Vegas Raiders Fans finally in attendance at the Death Star. I think that's enough to push the Raiders toward a cover at plus four and a half points. I don't think they went out right, but I think they stay maybe within a field goal here. Jeff, you agree with me, or should people be back in the Ravens? I agree with you, and most importantly, I'm pretty sure the House agrees with you, and we should be on the same side as the House because that's who wins. We're seeing some reverse line movement in the betting market with nearly 70% of the money and the public backing the Ravens, but the line has came down from Baltimore laying 6.5 on the opener to 4.5. There's still a little bit of value left at the Raiders at four and a half because the Ravens have several skill position players that are going to be sidelined, including first-round draft pick wide receiver Rashad Bateman, uh, J.K. Dobbins, and Justice Hill in the backfield, and second tight end Nick Boyle is doubtful. So I'm going to take the Raiders at plus four and a half, and they're, well, finally in front of their new home crowd. <laughs>
1: All right, Nick, the latest odds on the Tipico Sportsbook app have the Bills at minus six and a half. So it hasn't changed. We talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, I still think that this is one of those lines that gives you a little bit of pause, right? You look at the matchup and for some of the reasons we talked about, especially with the Steelers and their offensive line issues and just some of, you know, Big Ben being kind of longer in the tooth. Josh Allen's kind of ascending. This could be Big Ben's swan song year. It's easy to like the Bills at home. And at six and a half, it's just like, all you got to do is win by seven, right? I think naturally you look at the spread and you say, the Bills could win this game by seven. Seven's a natural number. Like, that's a nice even number, nice round number seven. I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, But these teams do tend to play tough physical games, as we've been talking about. They know each other really well. They play every single year, it seems like. And, uh, you know, I know last year the Bills pulled away for an 11-point spread, but it was a closer game than that. And I definitely think that, you know, early in the season – I think both teams are going to be shaking off a little bit of rust early. I could definitely see this being another close kind of battle. And unless T.J. Watt doesn't play for whatever reason, unless Tomlin says, oh, I'm mad at you for not practicing enough, you're not going to play. If T.J. Watt's in there, I do think I side with the Steelers. I, I don't know. For some reason, I think the Bills win the game. But if you're giving me six and a half points with the Steelers, again, I think they can hang with the Bills. I think this will be a close game. I like the Bills to win it. But I think I would take the points right now. That's where I'm leaning. What do you think?
2: There's been something about the last couple of years where it's a close game, but then the Bills pull away. It's been, it's been the second half, too, and that was one of my storylines to watch going into this game is, can the Bills get off to a fast start? Because, I mean, in last year's game alone, it was – are right, the Bills gonna win this game? What's going on no here? Doubt. It was then,
1: like nine to seven or something a half, yeah. And
2: then it came out of halftime, and it was like uh, Stefan Diggs had one catch in the first half, and then by the end of that first drive, they had seven catches or something. So they just kept throwing it Stefan Diggs' way. I think he had a touchdown in like 130 yards, and you can maybe expect something like that. Um, but uh, I, I'm I'm feeling good about the touchdown spread just because I think the Bills are gonna gonna start a little bit better, at least in the first half, because it's been kind of like a rarity that the Bills get off to any slow starts in general. I mean, it's not like a, a, a repetition type of thing that's happened last year. It kind of just only happened against the Steelers. So, I mean, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I do still like the spread a little bit there. Um, the points, the the point, points, perhaps, too, but the, it's been a little bit of low scoring the last couple times, too. But somehow the Bills always – we talked about it last week, Ryan, that it's, been, it's felt like that six and a half, it's like, well, the Bills have won by like three the last two times, right? oh wait no they did they did cover that spread the last two times it's kind of crazy right yep you kind of remember it not going that way but it did go that way
1: yeah they they have pulled away to your point yep there was a couple touchdowns in that third quarter last time that helped them pull away 11 point spread the first time and then i think in 2019 it was a seven point bills win 17 to 10 if i'm not mistaken i'm just take i'm just take committed on the steelers nick they're one of my they're one of my teams that i think are underrated they're one of my favorite picks to, um, you know, the winner division and sneak it to the playoffs and all that. I think the odds are, are gettable for them because I just think you know they were eleven to zero last year and I think they're, you know, they're trying to win for Big Ben, and, and all that. But there's definitely some question marks on that team, especially on defense. So, you know, you question their corners a little bit, their offensive line. Um, I can't blame you at all, but again, I'm take committed, so I got to go with the points in this one. I think it's gonna be a close <laughs> game. But how about the total? The total is at forty eight and a half. I think it's been bet down a bit. I think it opened a little bit higher than this. It's always way more fun to bet the over. Uh, of course. <laughs> but I, I think I think this week I think a lot of unders are going to hit. We're we're just seeing less of the actual players play in the preseason. I know the Bills did get Josh Allen in a preseason game which was surprising, but I think he was playing against second stringers, right? He wasn't like up there against like real pressure or good defenses or anything. Last year's game, 26-15, 2019, 17 to 10. Two good teams with playmakers on defense. I, I think I like to be boring in this one and maybe go under and just say, this is going to be kind of a slug it out game where maybe more points are scored in the second half than the first, but they don't quite get to that 48 and a half of leading under.
2: Yeah. So as I say, the bills are cover the spread. I think I'm I'm I'd probably also lean towards the under. I actually predicted the under 47 uh, earlier with Steelers. Wires. So that's the total that well, so, I ended so up. So you're but... committed.
1: You can't change <laughs> your mind now.
2: So, yeah, I can't change my mind, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's just, it's, while I think the Bills can cover for sure, I I mean, that low, something about these games have just been low scoring. And I think another big sticking point might be that it's been a while since road teams have played in hostile environments. I mean, you can say the preseason this year there were fans there, but, I mean, come on, it's the preseason, and the Steelers are then going to go up to Buffalo for the first time. Fans are going to be there in a while. And, I'm, and, I, you know, I know Bills fans are great. They're very committed. I'm not one to go on Twitter and just tweet things through the likes and the comments and all that stuff from Bills fans. So I love them, but, you know, I just keep to myself a little bit. But I, I, I to toot their horn here, Ryan, I think they're really going to make a difference here. I, I can see the under and spread hitting because, I mean, are the Steelers gonna be going to be ready for a hostile environment, trying to adjust their whole new – yeah, I don't want to say scheme, but I mean, I, I technically Matt Canada is yep. their new offensive coordinator. Yep. So yeah, new I guess whole yep, new scheme absolutely. on offense. Um, a lot of new pieces, and I, it's just going to be a tough go for them. I think the Bills will put up points, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not sold in the Steelers doing so.
1: I think that's a good take. I, I like that. I think uh, it's it's an underrated thing. Like fans are back and I think that's you know it's it's easy to just say that but I think you underestimate sometimes what that means what that does to offenses how, how much of an advantage that really is for the defense of the home team And yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. The Steelers do have a new offensive coordinator, a Matt Canada, who wants to run the ball a little bit more. So that's another reason why I think maybe the under. You think the the Steelers are supposed to run it more? But I'm not convinced. I'm still not convinced, Nick, that Ben Roethlisberger isn't still the offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He just audibles to passes every time and throws it two seconds after he catches it and just does that thing. Uh, So we'll see. If but if the Matt Canada influence on this team really sticks, then we could see the. Steelers trying to run it, which is another another reason to like the under a little bit. I think you know, if the Steelers want to run the ball and the Bills aren't quite you know excellent against the run, you can see them move the ball down the field a little bit that way and the short passing game. So we agree on something. So people can look at the total, bet the under, and if it if it misses, you can yell at us on Twitter.
2: There you go. There you go. That's my favorite my favorite part of my job. getting yelled it on Twitter.
1: I know, you know, our favorite part of the job is watching the games, right? So uh, yeah, that's
2: true. That's so, true. It's not that. So real, not that bad.
1: Real quick, one minute. B- Bucks Cowboys Thursday night who you got
2: Ooh, I'm actually a little bit higher I think this year at, at over at our uh, national website touchdown wire the NFL wire if you will um, I'll be doing the weekly power rankings there so another selfish plug for myself but <laughs> yeah. so our weekly power rankings are come out and I think I'm a little bit higher on the Cowboys this year than some but I, I really don't want to end up acting like Stephen A here and just saying something to hear myself talk I mean <laughs> Come on, do they stand a chance in that opener? I I think I think Dak and the boys need to get back on track a little bit, a little bit more. He didn't really get out there too much in the preseason. And I think people kind of forget that after or, or yeah, after he went down with that injury, he was still leading the league in like passing yards for like two weeks. So I know that has a lot to do with how horrible their defense was. And he was passing so much in games, but like, that's pretty damn good. Like I, I would update Josh Allen every week where he is alone among league leaders. And I'm like, when is Dak Prescott going to come down from the top of this list? He finally did. But uh, I'm, I'm a little bit higher, I think in the Cowboys. I, uh, having said that, uh, yeah, Tom Brady is going to be one and zero, and I think the spread there is seven and a half. I would probably have to hit the bucks even on that, that one as well. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think this is going to be a close one.
1: Yep. I'm with you. And, and it, you know that- not to plug ESPN too much, but you know, this morning I put on the Get Up show, uh, and you know they they start off talking about who Zach Martin, an offensive an offensive lineman was the top story, him being out with COVID. One of you know, obviously their most important offensive lineman, but you know it's a big deal when they start their show. 8 in the morning, whenever that comes on, talking about an offensive lineman for the Cowboys. So that's a big story, though. You know, It's got to be. Yeah,
2: yeah, so. yeah. No, and Zach Martin is very good, and the, the Cowboys do have a traditionally pretty decent offensive line. I think their offense is going to be good this year, and you know, the NFC, um, I don't know, East is what they call into the East over there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I think that they're talking about a pretty good season. But, uh, yeah, that pretty good season is going to start after this
1: Thursday. They're going to be 0-1. Yeah, good luck blocking yeah. Vita Vea without your best offensive interior alignment. Yeah. Yep. So yep. that's where we're at. But, uh, hey, Nick, great to be back talking football to everyone. Enjoy the games. Week one of the NFL, not a better time of the year, I don't think. And Nick and I will be back next week to break down what happens against the Steelers. We'll talk to you then.